Hello everyone and welcome back to the Smartcast. My name is Alan, your host, uh, and alongside me today I've got absolutely no one. It's just me, uh, just going to put out a, uh, a solo one today just to kind of keep some sort of Smartcast content out there um, and try and uh, waffle on for a little bit about the state of pro wrestling at the moment and some of the things that seem to have been going on over the past uh, few weeks. I think uh, to start with though, um, the term the term heroes is is one that uh, it's kind of it's well used at the moment um, and for good reason you know people are, are finally realizing that uh, that those that work in RNHS and and emergency services and things like that are are true heroes and they're getting us through the the uh, the situation that we're in at the moment um, but uh, there's there's another hero that's kind of come to mind at the moment that I think needs to be mentioned. Um, over the last uh, day or so, it came to light that uh, former WWE wrestler Shad Gaspard, of uh, used to be in crime time, he and his son were uh, carried away by a riptide in Venice Beach, California. Um, you know, search was ongoing, didn't obviously look very good for either of them, but for the, the reports that are coming in is that they were found, um, and Shad basically got the uh, the rescuers to rescue his son first before him you know as you'd expect I suppose you'd expect any good parent to do um, yeah the, they managed to rescue his son but couldn't rescue Shad sadly uh, so you know Shad lost his life as a result um, but I think the fact that he was you know he was ready to sacrifice himself for his son there and make sure that his son was saved you know that's is another one that, that deserves the term hero. I think he's done a fantastic job there to to make sure that his son stays safe. Um, so uh, we send our thoughts and you know, thoughts and well wishes to to his family. Um, you know, I wasn't familiar, admittedly, with with Shad's work in the WWE. That was during a time when I wasn't watching wrestling. But as I say, it's uh, it's a sad loss to to the sport and it's a sad loss in general, as we seem to be experiencing far too many at this moment in time. Um, on to, to the crux of uh, of the podcast then, um, just to kind of push out Joel and uh, Damon on the Super J cast, if you want your New Japan fix, they're, they're doing watch-alongs with classic matches. They've been doing it for about well, five or six weeks now, probably longer. Uh, so it's definitely worth listening to, to those podcasts if you want to you know, have a look at you know, some of the older matches that you can find on New Japan World uh, and they, they talk about the stories behind them it's uh, really informative and it's definitely worth a listen because uh, to be honest there's going to be no New Japan talk on this podcast because New Japan isn't ongoing the only thing that we've seen is uh, the, the man in charge Harold Mays released a statement recently uh, just basically explaining why they weren't doing empty arena shows uh, and things like that so if you if you want your new Japan fix, definitely go over and check out the Super J cast. Uh, and another uh, quick plug before we move on to the actual wrestling, um, editor Dan, uh, lousy hero himself. He uh, him and his band Escape the Box have recently released a new single called Grey. Uh, it's available on iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, all the usual places. Uh, I've already got my copy. Definitely check it out. It's uh, after they they released their EP a little while back. The, uh, this is a great 
you know, follow-up single, definitely worth a listen. And they're, they're really racking up the streams as well. So uh, congratulations, Dan, on that one. And to all at Escape the Box, keep up the good work. And, uh, and we look forward to seeing you know, what else comes your, what comes comes our way from, from what you guys put together. So to the wrestling then. Let's, let's talk about what's going on in the uh, in the world of wrestling. Um, the WWE, I think, is probably the best place to start. And uh, the bonkers world of money in the bank. Now, it's been a couple of weeks since that, and we've been able to kind of process what went on, what happened, um, and how the, the pay-per-view was put together. So money in the bank, we saw uh, yet another kind of cinematic-style match to, to end the pay-per-view uh, in a similar sense to, to what we saw at, Ma- at WrestleMania. Um, and we had both the men's and women's Money in the Bank matches going on at the same time, and they had to climb all the way to the roof of WWE headquarters in Stanford, Connecticut, uh, to grab the briefcase, which was, of course, suspended above a wrestling ring on the roof. Um, it was bonkers. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, I after WrestleMania, I was quite kind of uh, optimistic about the cinematic matches, and I thought those two... The, the, the two that finished each night of, of WrestleMania were entertaining, I enjoyed them, I thought they were they were really good, but this Money in the Bank one, I don't, I don't know, maybe I just was hoping for a bit more, it just seemed a bit OTT, a bit bonkers, a bit too far, um, and I didn't necessarily get the, you know, what, why did we have to see Johnny Ace in, his, uh, in, in a little mobility scooter coming out of the toilet, um, and someone wearing doink makeup, etc, uh, etc. Et but, you know, this is the WWE. Um, and of course, Vince McMahon in his office. I mean, you go back to, to the good old days of the Attitude Era. If someone stormed into Vince's office, they're not going to stop dead and be all kind of sheepish and like apologetic the way that, that Daniel Bryan and that were. Um, but of course, yeah, it's a different time, different different sort of WWE at the moment. Um, and of course, Stephanie, the, the whole Stephanie McMahon thing was really poorly put together if you're going to put that much effort in to do a cinematic match why video Stephanie clearly who's not there uh, on what looked to be like an iPhone 1 camera with the shittiest quality and yet everyone else being filmed you know in glorious HD you know they could have done that a lot better but you know typical Steph's ego the man ego I suppose they've got to be in that match um there was some really dog shit bits of the of the show as well, which I I went to uh, on Twitter and mentioned, uh, especially the the women's match. Uh, Tamina just was really really poor. Um, it was you know ten minutes of my life I will never get back. The uh, Ron Killings, Ron the R Truth, uh, K Quick. How anyone finds this guy entertaining, I do not know. Uh, the guy is mind numbing and just bores me to tears. Harry's still got a job after the whole kind of culling recently at WWE it's it's amazing um, and we'll come uh, to that at Cullen in a minute uh, but the two real standouts I think were the tag team match I thought was really good uh, that opened the show you know you're always going to get quality especially when you've got the new day in there uh, and Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins I thought was an excellent match you know it, definitely the best match on the card and it, it shone it shone brighter than anything else that was on the uh, Money in the Bank Excuse me. Um, yeah, some brighter than anything else that Money in the Bank had at, at, at that time. But uh, you know, as I, I don't watch the 
the day-to-day programming of WWE. We've you know we've established that on this podcast long ago. Uh, so I just watch the pay-per-views, and even that I'm I'm struggling with at the moment, uh, especially with the fact that the next one I believe is Backlash, and uh, one of the headline matches you've got Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley. Uh, with MVP in his corner, uh, I'm not entirely sure about that one. Uh, and Edge versus Randy Orton um, being billed as possibly the greatest wrestling match ever. I'll leave that to your uh, your judgment. I'm not going to say any more on that one. So uh, the WWE, obviously, uh, you know, a lot has been covered over the fact that there was a massive kind of culling uh, of talent, of writers, of agents backstage. Um, if if you want the uh, the kind of the probably the best take on it, um, there's uh, the the Voices of Wrestling flagship podcast a few weeks back, just after it had actually happened. Uh, it's probably the best place to go to listen to it because they they proper break it down uh, and they show the fact that you know it's it's not to do with money. It's not as if the WWE can't afford it. It is literally to make sure that they reach their profit targets uh, for the next quarter. Um, you know, there's 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 a lot of stuff been written about it. There's a lot of stuff that's been talked about it. I'm not going to go into too much detail. Uh, it's just, you know, from the WWE standpoint, it they've been absolute arseholes in a sense that they've get, they've ripped these these guys' jobs away from them. Um, and there's nowhere for it, like there's nowhere for them to go to get a job because of the current COVID situation. Um, you know, if if this was a year ago. You know, you can almost live with it because they can fall into AEW, they can fall into Impact, they can fall, you know, to to New Japan or or, or make a living on the indies. But there's no indies. There's no like. There's nothing else going on. I know AEW are doing their bit, um, like in front of no crowds, but it's not the same. You could, they they're not looking to bring more and more people in because the 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 audience isn't there and they're not bringing in the money. Um, of course, the WWE are because of their crazy TV deals that they've got. Um, yeah, is there's there's a lot of opinions I think that uh, that make sense. There's a lot of opinions that are, are dodgy when it comes to this whole incident. Um, but I think the WWE definitely screwed over a lot of their talent there, um, and they screwed over a lot of their agents, a lot of their writers, which is which is a great shame. Um, but I'm sure, you know, hopefully when this all starts to kind of get back to some sense of normality, that these guys can pick up a job and, uh, and you know, continue making their living doing what they love. Um, just on the topic of the WWE, I'll move on to NXT. Um, now, my weekly viewing when it comes to wrestling uh, over the last, I don't know, six months to a year has been AEW Dynamite, NXT... Um, NXT UK when I can remember um, and then pay-per-views and of course all the New Japan stuff that that goes out Um, I'll be completely honest that recently my watching of NXT and AEW Dynamite has uh, has taken a bit of a a drop in a sense I still watch the show but I'm fast forwarding a lot more because it just doesn't the the atmosphere without the crowd doesn't seem right the, the the talent and the and you know the effort that these guys are putting in the ring, you can't deny that they're still the same. They're still working their asses off, 
but they've got to work a lot harder to to draw people in, and and it's a shame because they're not getting that kind of initial crowd reaction, and I think that adds a lot to the product, a lot to the atmosphere, um, and NXT especially, given that they've got such a hardcore crowd at, at the uh, at the performance center and uh, whatever you, I can't remember the name of it, but um, yeah, in Orlando. Um, Full Sail, that's it, Full Sail University. Considering they've got such an atmosphere in there with their hardcore fans, uh, to, to put on wrestling matches without them, it's, it's so telling. You know, it really, really makes a difference. Um, one thing NXT did uh, last week, I think it was last week, um, they brought in, or they advertised that they were bringing in DX, uh, in inverted commas, but it was, it was Triple H, it was Shawn Michaels, and um, the Road Dog basically sitting backstage around uh, some um, what do you call it, around some monitors basically uh, just announcing that the next NXT TakeOver is going to be NXT TakeOver In Your House now In Your House, for those that aren't familiar, was basically a, a set of pay-per-views or shows um, before we all got the different names that we get now like Backlash and things like that there was In Your House about four or five times a year or you know a few times a year, um, so they're bringing that back as a bit of an anniversary, uh, and NXT Takeover in your house will take place at Full Sail on June seventh. Sorry, it might even be at the Performance Center. Either way, so yeah, so June the seventh this year, t NXT Takeover in your house. Um, it's an interesting note actually that this is the first in your house branded show on uh, WWE since 1999. Um, which was the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Now, I remember that one quite vividly because at the time, uh, I was staying at my aunt's. I had uh, I was laid up with chicken pox. Uh, couldn't really go nowhere. Um, and it, uh, it was the, the night that the big show, or, or at the time he was known as Paul White that first night, he made his debut because it was a cage match between Steve Austin and Vince McMahon. Um, it, it just, it, yeah, I remember it really, really clearly. And uh, so yeah, so that was St Valentine's Day massacre in your house, uh, as I say, 1999, a long time ago now. Um, yeah, so Paul White come up through the ring, uh, threw Steve Austin against the side of the cage, which then opened the cage, uh, and Steve Austin was able to win the match, leaving a very pissed off uh, Vince McMahon and Paul White fuming in the middle of the ring. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I remember that. It's yeah, good old times. But uh, well, the chicken pox wasn't, but. It, it, the 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 thought of the uh, of the wrestling got me through that. So we'll see what happens with NXT Takeover. You know who knows what matches they'll build up for that. Um, I think uh, I should have probably looked at it and done a bit of done a bit of research, but I'm just not not bothering with it at the moment. I mean, there's as I say, NXT. I'm fast forwarding a fair bit. The storylines aren't necessarily grabbing me. Johnny Gargano turned again, so it's. You know, okay, now he's got his missus as a as a heel with him. Best of luck to him. You know, we'll see how that all plays out, I suppose. Um, just to to move away from the live wrestling product at the moment, there's there's plenty of other content that's appearing on our TV screens that's that's definitely worth a watch. Um, and whilst the WWE Network can be full of some absolute tosh. Uh, there's one thing at the moment that's well worth watching, and you know it—it's something that gives you uh, a bit of a, a behind-the-scenes look at the Undertaker. Uh, it's called the Last Ride, and 
from just before WrestleMania 2017, video cameras or camera crew followed Mark Calloway around. You know, they they followed him, they they interviewed him, they interviewed the people around him, and they've followed him for the last three years. Really, kind of taking a look at how he's going to end his career, how he's going to how he prepares for for his one match at WrestleMania a year, and well, and now the Saudi show as well. Um, but it it just takes a, a bit of an in depth look at the different side of the Undertaker. You know, the un, the Undertaker slash Mark Calloway is very rarely ever broke character in the past. Um, you know, it's always been very kayfabe, very kind of he is the dead man, and that's it. You you, you don't hear him speak normally. Um, but the fact that the first five minutes of this, you're hearing him answering questions, talking like a, a normal person, just sitting there in his chair. Um, for someone who's who's grown up with the Undertaker being, you know, this dark demonic, you know, creature from from wherever, it's yeah, you know, it's a shock to the system. But it's definitely something that I would recommend watching. Um, admittedly, I'm only about halfway through the first episode, but. It's it's already showed me enough to to say that you know I've got to stick with this and watch it because because of what it tells you and what it shows you and as I say if you're a fan of WWE you know it's hard to hard to have missed the Undertaker over the last twenty years um, so or thirty years really I suppose because I think it was what was it nineteen ninety he made his debut uh, but yeah so so thirty years this year um, yeah it's it's hard to have missed him. So to get this kind of behind-the-scenes look uh, at Mark and his his family and how he how he lives his life and how he prepares for these matches and and just get his his take on things, you know, it's 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 mind-blowing, really. Um, speaking of behind the scenes, there's um, there's also a TV show which has nothing to do with the WWE. This is a, a thing on its own. It's been shown on a, t uh, a channel called Vice uh, in the States. And I think over here it's been shown on YouTube. Um, and you can download it from loads of places as well. Uh, it's called The Dark Side of the Ring. Now, last, I think it was the year before last, uh, season one came out. And, you know, they looked into, like, the, the, the Von Erics and you know, loads of kind of stories. Uh, I think Bruiser Brody as well, the whole Bruiser Brody story. Um just stuff that's a bit controversial when it comes to wrestling um, uh, and so you're getting uh, a no holds barred take on a lot of things oh, excuse me and this year they've pushed out season two um, I've only watched the first two episodes but I think the, what they've done with this season they've sandwiched the whole series with with shows that for any wrestling fan of the last 20 years will feel the the urge and the need to see the first two episodes were it was a two-parter uh, and it was looking at the chris benoit story um obviously benoit is excessively controversial in uh, in talking about him his name has been wiped from from wwe records his name is not mentioned anymore um you know you can't search for his name on the wwe network uh, if the, there's a match listing on the WWE Network, it just says that their opponent is in action. It doesn't talk about that he, he's actually fighting. Um, and of course, and this all stems from the fact that he, you know, he killed his wife and child, and then killed himself uh, a number of years ago. So, take, but I mean that aside, 
Chris Benoit was one of the best in-ring workers you will ever see. The the guy was excellent. His character, he pulled it off superbly. And he was very technical. He knew what he was doing. You know, if you can separate the wrestler from the person, superb. A lot of people can't do that. And that's, you know, and I can understand that as well because of everything that goes along with Chris Benoit and that name and, and, and what he did. Um, but the first, so the first two episodes talk uh, about the Benoit story, about him, you know, um, progressing as a wrestler, his friendship with Eddie Guerrero, his move to the to the WWE, and and then how how it kind of hit him when Eddie passed away, and you know how that changed him, that changed his mindset. Um, there's also the mention that obviously the the steroid use over the years, whether that's had an impact on on what happened to him, whether it was the 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 ongoing concussions. Um, former WWE superstar Chris Nowinski makes a, a, an appearance and, and takes part in an interview as well because um, he he had a couple of concussions and once leaving the WWE kind of made it his goal to, to, to study that he's released a book about it so you know he's it, there's a there's a lot of, of detail on it there's a lot of information on it um, and it's a I'll be honest it's a very difficult watch um, I was a big fan uh, of Chris Benoit back in the day uh, both me and Stephen, aka Sipsy, were at WrestleMania 20, um, which is mentioned in the in the documentary. You know, we were there, we were screaming and, and cheering it on when when Eddie won and when Chris Benoit won, and, and them two celebrating at the end of the pay per view. You know, WrestleMania 20 closed down with with Benoit and Eddie, and there were a load of like confetti holding their titles aloft, and that that's that's one of my favourite memories in wrestling. You know that. that that's one of the best experiences I've ever had watching wrestling live, and yet it's something that, because of what Benoit done, it's something that just uh, you kind of lose sight of it because of the 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 trouble and the and the kind of the controversy associated with the name Benoit. Um, I say so that. That opened the series. Uh, there's episodes on New Jack, the former ECW wrestler. Uh, there's uh, um, uh, is it, an episode on the Road Warriors as well. Uh, Jimmy Snooker and the the, the recent um, allegations about uh, a murder that was covered up. So I've not seen those episodes yet. Uh, and the final episode of the series, which was out this past Tuesday... Um, was probably is probably one that when I watch I'm prob you know it's probably going to hit me the hardest, and and that's the uh, the life of Owen Hart. Um, now, as we know, Owen Hart passed away due to a a fuck up really from the WWE. Um, it was meant to come down as the Blue Blazer from the rafters at the Over the Edge pay per view. Um, you know something went wrong, and. Owen, you know, tragically fell to his death. The WWE kept the show going. You know, whether that was the right decision or not, you know, everyone's got their own take on it. Personally, I don't think they should have. Can I don't think they should have continued. Um, and you know, there's there's just so much kind of heartache about that that you know. And the WWE come under a lot of criticism. They come under fire a lot, uh, and deservedly so, it seems. Um, I, once I've, I think a couple of people I know have actually watched this episode and already say that you know it really kind of hammers home 
where the WWE were were at fault. And you know they said it's it's heartbreaking to see how Owen you know was was growing as a person uh, and to see that that life that that success cut short you know leaving behind his his wife and kids um as i say i, I will be watching that over the next week i'm sure it will it will hit home um you know owen was was a fantastic wrestler a fantastic character um you know him and you know him and brett and jim and and davy as the heart foundation were were a fantastic faction um you know, there was one of my favourites back in the day. So, yeah, it's. I know it will be a tough watch, but I'm I'm looking forward to watching it, and and you know, hopefully, yeah, you guys can can take the time to watch it as well. As I say, I'm fairly sure it's on YouTube still, um, and it will be on YouTube for a while. And uh, if you, there's various websites that you can download things like that from. Oh, excuse me. But yeah, it's called Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, episode 10, the latest one, uh, the last of this series, Owen Hart. Um, as I say, I'll be watching it. And if if you haven't seen it already, episode 1 and 2, uh, the Chris Benoit story, definitely give that a watch as well. And uh, and as I say, it'll open your eyes to, to a lot of things when it comes to, to these guys. I mean, the, the, the guys behind Dark Side of the Ring, they had an interview on Chris Jericho's podcast a little while back. Um, you know, they love the business, they love... They are wrestling fans. They're people that you know they've they're, they're full of, familiar with the stories, so they just wanted to get to the bottom of it. And you know, it's it's something that as a wrestling fan, if you're not just you know if if you've got a slight inkling about how the business works, watch it, please, because as I say, it will it will open your eyes, uh, and it will be something that that you know will leave an impact on you for for a long time to come. Um, so away from from that, let's go back to to the in ring action. Um, AEW, all elite wrestling. They're still going. They are holding um, well empty stadium shows in uh, Daly's place in Jacksonville. Um, I say empty stadium. They've got people in the crowd. Um, I believe it's just like backstage guys and other wrestlers just kind of out there. But them being out there and, and cheering on and, and making a bit of noise is helping. It's it's adding a bit more to it. Um, yeah, it's, it, it may not be perfect, but it's it's better than nothing. And I think that helps that helps it kind of do better than NXT at the moment. Um, and I think the product is as well. Yeah. Jake the Snake Roberts for me is still one of the best promo guys around. Listening to him talk for Lance Archer is, you know, you, you, the guy has still got it. A clean and sober Jake the Snake Roberts is a great Jake the Snake Roberts. Um, you know, to have him standing there and waffling on for Lance is, it's an it's a, a match made in heaven. It's perfect. You know, you've got Lance who can, you know, the murder hawk Lance Archer can. We all know what he can do in the ring. We've seen him tear it up in New Japan, uh, and he's already done the same in the early stages in All Elite. So, you know, he's a big guy. He demolishes everything that's put in front of him, and just to have that calm, kind of measured uh, promo style from Jake the Snake, which you know it's slow, it's drawn out, but it hits home. There's there's venom in every one of his words, and I'm, no pun intended in that. Um, so that works, and 
I think uh, the payoff will be interesting when it comes to, to this Saturday. Um, so this Saturday is All Elite Wrestling's Double or Nothing pay-per-view. Uh, it's the second Double or Nothing. And this... I mean... it's So again, I'm assuming it's going to be the same thing in a sense that there won't be many people in the crowd. It will be just you know backstage guys and things like that. Uh, hopefully that will help things... As I say, hopefully it will help the atmosphere there as well. I mean, it's a pay-per-view, you know, but because um, I think that affected uh, WrestleMania and Money in the Bank, the fact that there wasn't any people there. You know, as much as it's a, I know the situation currently kind of means that you're not allowed anyone there. The uh, just having a couple of people in the background cheering things on will will help make the show uh, uh, have a bit more of an impact. Um, and. I think AEW Dynamite, I've I've seen last night's, or at least a kind of condensed version of last night's, and I continue to be uh, impressed by quite a few people that are now tearing it up, even with the even with the lack of a crowd. So, as I said, I've already mentioned Jake the Snake Roberts. Um, John Moxley has continued to grow on me, and grow on me, and grow on me, and I think him and Brody Lee have the potential to put on an absolute uh, barn burner, shall we say, uh, this Saturday. Um, Brody Lee, for, for me, I've only ever seen him as part of the Wyatt family. So to see this different side of him, being able to put together this kind of measured and, and well-spoken character in charge of the Dark Order, um, you know, with, with a couple of likenesses towards old uh, Vinnie Mac, um, I think it's a great character. I think it's working exceptionally well for Brody. And, you know, him and Mox, they're, they're, they're opposites. Like, you know, their characters are complete opposites, uh, and I think that they could end up putting on a hell of a match on Saturday. Um, personally, I see I see Brody walking away with the title. Having him come in as the exalted one and to lose so early uh, in in his first big match, I think could could kind of have a bit of a knock. Uh, to him and his character, I think you put Brody Lee as the, as the heel champ and have Mox chase it for a while. Uh, I think that's the way to go. You know, uh, many may disagree. Uh, we'll see what happens when it comes on Saturday. Some of the other matches uh, for Saturday, uh, thinking whilst whilst I'm kind of I know I'm kind of going back and forth and, and little bits that kind of you know taking notes at the moment. Um, you've got the final of the TNT Championship tournament. Mike Tyson, who's you know coming out of retirement to box again, and we'll see how that goes. Uh, he's going to be presenting the title to the winner, uh, the winner being uh, well, the match being Cody Rhodes versus Lance Archer. Uh, Cody will have Arn Anderson in his corner. Lance will have uh, the Snake in his corner. We'll see if there's any uh, handbags at dawn when it comes to to the old boys outside as well. Uh, MGF probably one of the better heels. Uh, in the business at the moment, at least talking-wise. I think he's fantastic on a microphone. He's taking on Jungle Boy. Um, to me, that just seems like a bit of a, a card filler. Um, women's champion Nyla Rose will take on Hikaru Shida. Shida's probably one of my favourite women on the roster in AEW. I think she's very talented. She, she can you know, put on a really good match. Uh, and Nyla is is excellent at what she does. Um, and I think that, that could be good. But I'm, I'm still thinking... The women's division in AEW needs work. Um, 
we'll see what happens when it comes to, to the pay-per-view and, and if these girls can, can really stand out. Uh, there is a second women's match as well. You've got uh, Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander, the, the alien Chris Statlander. Mm. So, uh, uh, I'll be completely honest, I'm not really holding my breath for that one. That might be uh, toilet break time. Uh, there is a pre-match, by the way, a pre-show match. Uh, Private Party versus Best Friends. Uh, and that's going to be for the number one contendership for the AEW Tag Team titles, which are currently held by Kenny Omega and Hangman Page still. Um, speaking of number one contenders, there is a number one contenders ladder match on, uh, on Saturday as well for the uh, AEW World title. So at the moment, there's Darby Allen, Colt Cabana, Orange Cassidy, Ray Phoenix, Scorpio Sky, Kip Sabian, uh, Frankie Kazarian, and Luchasaurus in it. There is supposedly one more person to be announced. Who uh, it is? No idea. We'll, we'll find out on Saturday, I'm sure. Uh, two more matches to, to mention Dustin Rhodes versus Sean Spears. Um, again, just feels like a bit of filler, really. Um, and then you've got the Inner Circle versus the Elite and Matt Hardy or broken Matt Hardy shall we say um, this this has been I've been waiting for this for a little while because uh, it was meant to happen at uh, Blood and Guts uh, a little while back before the whole kind of lockdown kicked in um, but uh, now it's going to be taking place on Double or Nothing 2 the the match is being billed as a stadium stampede match um, what that means no one's really sure um, but from what I can gather after doing a little bit of digging online uh, it's going to be just an empty stadium match uh, at the home of the Jacksonville Jaguars um, that, I may be wrong but at least that's the impression I got from watching Dynamite and the impression I got uh, from as I say from having a look online this morning uh, that could be interesting but then with five people on each side um, oh excuse me They've, you know, uh, all wandering around uh, a uh, an empty stadium. It's it's a lot of lot of area to cover, so I'm assuming these people will be split up uh, and go into all corners of the stadium. Um, so this is double or nothing two. That's on Saturday night. This Saturday night, um, I'm not sure, to be honest, where it's being shown. How we got how to to buy it? I think on Fight TV is probably the best bet, um, at least over here anyway in the UK. Uh, it's I'll, I'll be watching it. I'm on night shift, so I may even be watching it live. We'll see. Uh, we'll see if I can see if I can get that on my phone. But uh, yeah, there's there is live wrestling going on. There's meaningful live wrestling going on. You know, at least uh, AEW seems to be meaningful with some of the bigger matches. You know, as I say, I think Cody versus Lance Archer should be something worth watching. I've already said about Mox and Brody Lee. Really looking forward to that. Um, the, the number one contender ladder match, given the names in there, you know there's going to be some, some high spots. Uh, Phoenix and Darby Allen in there already. Luchasaurus, all these guys can, can go and can do stuff that you know, will make you gasp. I have a feeling that there'll be some interesting spots in there. Uh, and yeah, so that, that's pretty much my take on, on what's to come for, for Double or Nothing 2. Um, other than that, you know, there's not really much else that uh, that I've got to talk about when it comes to wrestling. Um, you know, it's been 35 minutes of of a solo podcast. Hopefully, you've stuck with me uh, and been been listening to me waffle on. Um, yeah, we're all in in this kind of weird 
lockdown situation at the moment. Um, things like the WWE Network and New Japan World and you know, these things are, are, are helping to get people through it because you know, the, the quality of some of the live wrestling or there isn't much live wrestling so you're having to roll back the years. I'm still looking back at some of the old WCW pay-per-views on the network which is you know, fantastic to see. Um, really kind of rolls back the, the years and brings back the memories of, of the good old days. Um, if you know, if you want to talk about wrestling, if you want us to talk about anything specifically, get in touch with us. We are on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Stephen's probably the best person that does the the Instagram and the, uh, and the Twitter feed. Um, you know, I'll, I'll go onto the Twitter feed every now and then and push some stuff out like I did about Money in the Bank. Um, you know. We're, uh, we're on iTunes, all the episodes are on iTunes, and we're on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com forward slash the smartcast. Uh, I have been Alan, your host. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, stay safe, stay alert, keep washing those hands, and, uh, and I will see you next time around.